of a kingdom. I am bought with a price. The blood is still speaking. I am saved. I am free. So hear me, you accuser. So you know my stand. The blood is still speaking. I am saved. I am free. So hear me, you accuser. So you know my stand. The blood is still speaking. I am saved. I am free. I'm a child of God. I'm made for signs and wonders. I will soar so high. I'll ride on wings like eagles. No, I won't drop down. No, I won't back down. It's my right for place in the Lord. edition of the probe here on the joy news channel we are also live on joy 99.7 fm we're on myjoyonline.com we're on all our social media platforms this is the probe and of course it's resurrection sunday so you can hear free indeed by diana hamilton one of my guests in the studios tonight we'll get talking how to be christ-like whilst we're in the eye of the public how difficult is it or how easy is it is the concern as we speak in ghana 13,000 churches, as of 2021, we're told have been registered. I don't know about those that have not been registered yet, but that's what we know. And 71.2% identify with Christianity as a country. But how come there are a lot of vices is the question, how do we stay Christ-like? We're reflecting on the season. Christ, they say, is the reason for the season. As we celebrate Easter, there are those who are continuing with the Passover. Others are in the Ramadan month. That's Ramadan Mubarak, we call it. And we wish all our brothers and sisters, those who are also continuing, Ramadan Mubarak to them. But to us as Christians, we say Happy Easter, Happy Resurrection Sunday. And that's how we are looking at it tonight here on the pro. My guests for tonight's edition, Resurrection Sunday edition, I have award-winning musicians. Diana Hamilton in the studios with me. Welcome, Diana. Thank you, Rafa. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, we also have in the studio the MP for Ibuaka South, Samuel Atachia. He is a lawyer, a politician, and an MP, and he's striving to be Christ-like as well. Welcome to the studios. Thank you. I also have via Zoom, Angela Jamna Abuaji. She's a gender activist. She's a lawyer as well, the executive director of the ARC Foundation, joining us via Zoom. Do we have uh, Angela? Okay. We also have Professor 
Godfred Charles Aka. He is a senior economist with ISE, University of Ghana, also joining me tonight. He's into missionary work as well. Most of you didn't know that. So this is a packed show tonight. We are live and just about to take off. Please take your seats and call someone to call another person. And let's learn how to be Christ-like in the face of all the challenges as we celebrate Easter. Welcome once again. I am MFA Apau and this is The Probe. clear and thrilling podcast and live shows download and listen to us on apple spotify tune in google podcast my joy online amazon services like echo amazon music and audible stitcher adam online overcast and pandora take note of everything sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated we've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alex in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio Joy ninety nine point seven. Listen to Joy FM, Hits FM, Love FM. Live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM. Or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play. And then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Welcome back, and this is The Probe. We are live on the Joy News channel. Also enjoy 99.7 FM, how to stay Christ-like whilst in the eye of the public. Here's our topic for discussion on Resurrection Sunday right here 
on the program, my guests. If you missed it earlier, we have Diana Hamilton, award-winning musician. She's with me in the studios. Also have in the studios Honorable Samuel Latachia. He's a lawyer, politician, MP for Ibuakwa South. We also have via Zoom, Professor Charles Godfrey Aka. He's a senior economist with the University of Ghana, Ise. And also Angela Jamina Abwaje. Uh, she's a lawyer, theologian, also a gender activist and the executive director of the ARC Foundation. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. And um, there was the discussion had already started in the studios uh, before uh, we came back. So, Naina, a lot of people um, been wanting to see you. We are, we are happy to have you oh, in the studios. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> How was Easter today? Easter was good. I, um, I had a chance to fellowship with my church, and um, it was amazing. Church of Pentecost. Obviously. I'm a Church of Pentecost I'm a Church of Pentecost okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, How about you? Well, I intended going to the National Central Gospel Church to be with Reverend Otabo. Unfortunately for me, um, a friend of mine, the former NDC uh, chairman, said he was going to do a Thanksgiving service for the mom who had moved on, so mm. I should come. Okay. I found that that was very, very interfering oh. in terms of my program. But for, for I mean, friendship's sake and the rest of it, I went to the place. Okay. But I was shocked to hear very powerful things. I said, well... Okay. God can surprise you in the village. <laughs> and I was blessed. Okay. <laughs> well, Madam Angela, how about yours? How was Easter today? You have to unmute if you can hear me. We'll check on Professor briefly also. Okay. You can hear me now? But we can't hear yes. you. Okay, great. We can oh, hear you now. Okay. Perfect, perfect. So briefly, your Easter, how was it? It appears there's a delay out there. Professor Charles, Aka, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, great. We're talking about how your Easter went. Are you able to share briefly? Yes, uh, by God's grace, uh, it sounds good. We thank God for the Resurrection Sunday. I went to church and uh, we had a very powerful church service. Okay. My church organized a revival, so we climaxed it today. Okay. Well, I'm sure these are part of the 13,000 churches that we've been talking about today. But really, Honorable, well, I was thinking you were in uh, Quill because there's a lot that has happened um, at the health work. Maybe it's a good time yes. to just set the record straight on that. Friday. Okay. After so the part of the health work? Yes, that was a Saturday. Okay, so you were there when the comment was made by Brian Echampo. Yes. Uh, in fact, it's, it's been taken out of context. I was on the stage, actually. Mm-hmm. It, it, there was nothing fiery about it. It was just in context that, that like you having a good fight, I'll beat you to pulp. Mm-hmm. If you said that, doesn't mean that you're going to use violence or anything like that. It's a political language. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit surprised that people are giving it some violence undertones and all that. He, ne- he never, I mean, exhibited anything which was a violent in character. So mm-hmm. I was surprised. He was surprised. But I was there listening to what he said. We will not let you come to power. What does mm-hmm. it mean? That means they will never hand over to power. Of course. That means we will we, break the eight. Okay. Yeah. You know that you don't determine who is uh, the one who comes to power. Electoral commission. So it's all like political talk. No matter the, the, the fever uh, pitch it might be, no politician determines who becomes president. The electorate will go and vote. We pray that it will be smooth. There wouldn't be any violence, and then the Electoral Commission will do its work. 
and then it's published. So we've done this several times. But you've, you've seen and heard the reactions that at least the NDC has issued a statement asking for the arrest of Brian H. Champong. Out of place, you say? Totally out of place. I was very surprised that they have this overreaction. Immediately you go into that kind of frenzy, it will help the nation. Mm. They say, oh, are you sure you have the power to determine your, because of the economy you are coming back? You can also reply that way, that rather we boot you out. Mm. So when you say we'll boot you out, it's a metaphor. It doesn't mean you're going to use okay. our foot. We'll use our thumb. Mm. Well, I don't know if that is Christ-like from where you sit, though. Is it? Um, what you said? Mm -hmm. I didn't see anything wrong with it. Okay. To be very, yeah. very honest with you. For me, it was a political talk. Okay. And it didn't carry any, I mean, violent ramification. And people should not create violence. We'll talk about Christ-like politics yeah. shortly. Okay. But, Naina... How difficult is it being in the limelight mm. and staying Christ-like? Because most people agree mm. that you've been able to stay Christ-like mm. even though you are in the public eye, mm. you are in the limelight. Share. Mm. how difficult has it been? Okay, so I, I think I can, I can take you back. I've, um, I'm, a, I'm a PK, I'm a pastor's kid. And so, one, there was, there was the need to live a certain kind of way because of what my father did. But what my father did that helped me was to introduce me to Christ so that I lived a single standard life. So that whatever I did or whatever I do when the lights are off and whatever I do when the lights are on, there's no discrepancy, there's no difference. And if that's what you do, it becomes a way of life and you don't need to live double standards. And so whatever you see is what you get. And so I don't think it's hard. It, this has been my way of life, and it comes naturally, yeah. But then we, as a Christian, you're looking up to Christ, who you want to be like. It's a process, and it's a continuous process. The fact that I can always go to him and ask him to wash me, to cleanse me, make me the great ambassador that I am. And when I do that, I step out being myself. And for that reason, I don't need to please anyone. I, don't, I only need to please God, and I'm good to go. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about your other colleagues, at least in that industry, mm. and um, the examples they have been giving out there. Mm. But, uh, Professor Alka, let me come to you at this point. There's been a lot of talk about the economy uh, this year and years past. How, what do you do when the facts or the science is pointing to something, but your faith is also pointing to another thing. As an economist, you have to speak out. You're always in the public eye. What do you do? Uh, thank you for the question. It's, uh, it's not difficult, even though it comes with a risk. Uh, as a Christian, your first duty is uh, to uphold the truth and integrity. Uh, that is consistent with your faith. So uh, it doesn't matter whether it, people are happy or people are not happy. You just have to speak with grace and, uh, and in love, but speak the truth all the same. So many times, I mean, for the past um, over 15 years of my research, I tried to, to stick to facts and uh, to communicate what the data says. Uh, and, uh, but I do that respectfully. Uh, and uh, speak as, as Christ will speak, uh, to speak uh, with grace and uh, with love, knowing that it's politics and people are sensitive. 
but in the end, uh, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, uh, and all that dwelling. So, whatever I'm doing, I know that uh, this whole Ghana belongs to God, and therefore it's a service to God and, and to country. So, I do the best that I, I, I can. Uh, we engender as Christians also to, to seek the, the welfare of the nation, uh, to pray for the nation, to pray for our leaders, and to contribute our quota to make sure that the land in which we are born and dwell, this is the land of our nativity, uh, that it prospers. Uh, that's a little contribution we can do. And I, I think by God's grace, I've sought to do that uh, as much as I can. I, 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 I get you say that you're mindful of the politics and the sensitivity of some of the things that you have to talk about. How then do you manage it? Is it the case that some of the things you don't have to say publicly and reach out to those in charge, or how exactly do you juggle it? Yes, it's sometimes difficult. You know, my work, as uh, I have three things I do. So one is to, to research, the other is to teach, and the other is to advocate uh, policymakers to do what is right. So when it comes to research, we research and we publish the facts, and it's published uh, internationally in the World Acclaimed Journal. So you can't hide the facts. So some of the research we have published, uh, whether it was the impact of doing so on the economy for five years, we published how much it cost the nation. We were losing about $2 million uh, mm. every day that we had doing so. So that was published. People use it for politics. I mean, during the 2016 election, depending on where you, you sit, you can pick any research done at ESA and use it as, as a campaign. But we, we, it's not, there's no politics behind it. Okay. Uh, in you hear me speak and research about the impact of the, the domestic debt exchange, uh, and I speak it as the research shows it, and that people interpret it the way they want. Okay. Uh, and when I'm teaching students, I'm supposed to educate and train. So we need to teach them the theory and also the evidence and the facts. Uh, and I'm mindful of that in the lecture room, there are NDC people, there are students there, there are MP people. There sometimes becomes a debate. Okay. Students can debate, fine, but you know, we, we have to speak to the fact. Then when it comes to the advocacy aspect of it, uh, there also there are two aspects of it. So there's one that is the public where you're engaging the media to inform uh, the general population about where Ghana is going and what is happening. And then there's one that we do with policymakers. So sometimes I've served on several boards or I've been consulted to, to advise. And sometimes we do that just by issuing a, a message, an email, mm-hmm. a text message, WhatsApp, or just write a, uh, write a paper uh, to policymakers hoping that they will uh, respect your your informed opinion. Okay. They don't opt that. Uh, okay. Well, let me come to uh, Angela uh, on this. Um, she's into a lot of gender activism. How do we do gender activism the Christ-like way? Right. And if I hope you can hear me now. I can hear you loud and clear. Great. So, uh, have a happy Resurrection Day, the rest of it. Uh, it's Resurrection Day all year long. Um, and that's what uh, we believe. Um how do we do gender activism? The first thing is to define exactly for yourself what you mean by gender activism. In fact, if you ask me, I prefer to be called a women's empowerment advocate. That's if you want to refer to me as anything. Because everybody, well, those who know me know 
that I believe without a shadow of doubt that God called me to women and to help women in all kinds of ways, especially those who are battered and bruised in their relationships and uh, young girls who are assaulted uh, by, you know, so many people, sometimes their own fathers, unfortunately, Um, uh, women who are trafficked, um, women who are, you know, running away from all kinds of situations. Okay, so I'm very much a woman's person. Mm. Okay, so define for yourself clearly what God called you to do. And then, um, in the midst of that, you look at all the issues that are, is, that are going on in the national space, and you try to advocate in ways that can empower, build up, edify people. One of the things that I love to do is for communicating the fact that women are born uh, not as a second thought by God, but they are actually created in his image and likeness. And you can find this in the Bible, that male and female, he created them. And when he created them, he blessed them. He did not bless one of them. He did not bless the man alone. And he gave dominion to both male and female. So when it comes to the things that God requires for us to do here on earth to fulfill his purpose, that is why women and men can practically do almost the same things. The only thing that's different really is our biology. And that's very, 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 very significant too. That's why it's women that God gave to give birth to babies and men are the ones who, impl- who implant the sperm. So those biological differences are there. Mm-hmm. So we don't say, for example, that women and men are the same. You will never hear me say anything like that. We are not the same. We are biologically different. And it is biblically based. And then, I'll, but I'll tell you without blinking my eye, that women and men are equal in the sight of God. Equal opportunities should be given to both women and men. They were made to have dominion together and make this world a better place for the generation, for themselves and the generations to come. Mm. So the, the issue is that you are looking at these questions biblically based, okay, theologically sound basis, so people don't confuse you with just anybody else. Okay. okay? I'm very, very clear in my mind that what I'm doing is part of my calling as a child of God. And therefore, you know, I want no confusion about that. Okay. Well, let's come to the studio. Um, so the issue is that, at least when we put out this particular artwork, yeah. there are a lot who were on your case that how is it possible to do politics and be Christ-like at the same time can both thrive in the same space. Wow, people think that politics is a dirty job, you know. At least, that's what we've seen so far, is it not? It's like um, there's a problem, fundamental problem. It is that wrong perception that the salt of the world and the light of the world will distance themselves from that arena for the people you believe can make it very bad to occupy. So, you know, you are flouting a... Matthew 5, 13 to 14, saying that, oh, the arena is so funny, you know, so I'll be in the comfort of the church, clap my hands, sing, go home, and the rest of it. So the people that you think might go to muddy it and make it very ugly will take center stage. 
But I believe that Christians should go into politics. Mm. That is my humble view. So that uh, they'll they flavor it. They'll they give it, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, what's it? They will season it. Mm. So even if it's bad. I think, well, I think Christ knew that the world is not too good. That's why we had the salt of the world. So go make it good. And you had the light. There's a lot of darkness. So go bring the light. Go and shed the light. Mm. So that is what I believe we should do. But when you get in there, which everybody who is serious and is a Christian wants to go into politics, it doesn't mean that what they do, you do it. Mm. For example, for all the gold in the world, I can't be lying for MPP. I mean, if you give me a billion dollars, now look, this is a matter on the table. Can you trick it so that MPP will look good? Mm-hmm. I, I will not be able to do that. But what I believe MPP is doing and is sound, I'll be able to articulate it. Not with an acerbic tongue, I'm toxic in my orientation. I'm so full of propaganda. I want to say things I've not even seen in the name of a political party. I've compromised my faith as a light and the salt of the world. So that's the difference. And are you the one that people are going to say, oh, this guy, when he's on, on telly or when he's on air and he's espousing a position, it's not like a quarrelsome man, you know, you see an NDC man as an enemy, and therefore some people want to even exchange blows over what? Mm. That kind of decency of Christ will have to show wherever you are, whether you're on the political stage, whatever, whatever, you, people will feel that, oh, this guy is not insulting anybody. He's making sound points, and that's the end. But it looks like when you are sound, you, you, you don't get that kind of favor. We've seen their Tamil style in mm. this country. Mm. They did work. We've also talked about the finance minister. We're told that he has a quotation for every situation, yet people feel that he's brought us to where we are today. So it, it doesn't look like you can be Christ-like in that kind of space. Well, you can be very Christ-like in, the, in that space. You know? I don't know the comparison that you are making, you know? mm. but if you are generating results, understand? So whether somebody is a Christian or not, but I believe the Christian has an ad- additional advantage to make it better. Okay. That's my humble view. So when he has the integrity of heart to serve his people, which is what we're supposed to do, all this thing that we're talking about, uh, showing examples to serve people, to give them your best. What Christ has given you, can you, I may share it. Mm. I'm telling you that if you do it faithfully, the results will be better than the one who's using all kind of world dynamics, you know, and the traditions of the world and the tactics of the world, underground, I mean, I, I believe it's, it's not going to pay off. But at the end of the day, you're going to use some unchristian methods mm-hmm. to try and achieve Christian ends. You fail miserably. It's not going to be, uh, be the case. So, I am of the view that if you claim you're a Christian and it plays you in the public space, where are the results? Because you claim you have the assistance of the Holy Spirit as well. That means God can help you all the way. And the Holy Spirit can checkmate you that, look, what you are trying to do, you don't have my approval, and you stop. So I believe that this scripture from Matthew 5, 13 to 14, mm-hmm. is where, where, where we are. Can we turn on the light when there is darkness? If the system has degenerated so bad, can we flavor it? Can we preserve um, the corrupt system Mm-hmm. Go and stand in the place that as for this particular minister or as for this particular person, you can't go and do your things with him. But it's said that because you were too upright, maybe reason why you were removed from office. I, I don't want to, I mean, go on that uh, um, tangent, yeah. but maybe my boss should know 
one of these days I'll find out from him mm. what is the matter. But let me be very, very honest with you. Uh, I didn't see myself compromising my Christian faith sitting in any office, that office. I believe that I should act right. And I should, I should also do my best to talk right. So when we see that um, 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 there is something which is wrong and they give you the space to, what is your view about this matter? Is it, are you going to be sycophantic, trying to flatter your boss so you gain favor? You want to tell him, say, for all that we are looking at and from our perspective, these are the factors that I believe could aid our cause and help Ghana. Or you're going to say, oh, even when your boss is wrong, and bosses can be very wrong, let me tell you, because we are all stamped with imperfections. Mm -hmm. You won't tell him to his face that, well, I am not, I would not support this position you are espousing. It's going to have ripple effects that we can't control. Mm -hmm. But when, we, when you do that and you go home, you sleep well, you have a good conscience. But to lie to a man, they, they call it the fear of man. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's Christ-like. But at every point in time, let people know that you stand for the truth. And when you do that, I mean, uh, it will speak for even when you are no longer in a position. You are all that we are attempting to do in politics, mind you, MFA. It has an aspiring date. Mm. And you remember for what you stood for, not your mess. Mm. That's, what, that's how I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dinah, mm. um, the space that you operate in, mm. at least uh, for you, it's easy to be Christ-like. But some will say it may not pay off. Because we've seen others slaying, doing all kinds of things in the same sector that you are. Onabu was talking about it earlier, that most people are entertaining mm. in the gospel industry mm. rather than actually ministering mm. or doing the, the work of the Lord in that uh, space. Mm. I'm sure you have a take on that. How are you able to operate such that you still make ends meet <laughs> and still be Christ-like? and still lead in that area, and not be like the others? Um, I, when, when I first gave my first submission, I said that mm -hmm. we're looking up to Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the commission is simple. Go ye. And it says, after you've preached, signs shall follow service. And anybody who has diligently served God, the Bible says that you haven't seen the son or child of a righteous go a begging. Mm -hmm. When the Lord sends you, he grants you the ability, the needed equipment, tool, grace to be able to do it and do it well. Mm. I think it becomes difficult when you don't stay plugged in. I think everybody starts with the right intention, but it's the consistency. It's staying true to who you are. And my, my, the best quote I will use is, Staying plugged in to he who sent you, mm. which is the most important thing. Because the moment you make it about yourself, then he leaves. Mm. I agree. But if you know that he sent you, and you tell him, yes, sir, I will go. And so I don't mount the stage with the intention of pleasing every, anybody. Mm. I mount the stage with the intention of pleasing he who sent me and doing exactly what he's asked me to do. And I know that when the Bible says that the battle is the Lord's, the victory is the Lord's. Okay. He fights the battles for us because he tells us to put on the full armor of God, but he doesn't say fight. He tells you, put on the full armor of God, and after you've done all these, stand. 
So you don't do the fight. And when you don't do the fight, you don't take the glory. And so we are very careful, or we should be very careful, to know who to direct the glory to. But he is the glory and the lifter up of our heads. So when he's taking the glory, he gives us the right to lift our heads and our shoulders high. And like Honorable said, when you've done all that, you go home with a clear intention, with a clear conscience that you've done the work of God. And he is the one that will cause science to follow his service. That is why you can go to a room and put a song together and say, God, you gave me the song. I've put it out there. And you walk away. And you meet a random person on the street and the person says, you are blessing me in ways that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. And you are like, glory to God. And somebody would say, you're being too crefe, but that's the truth. Because it's not glory to me. Because somebody might be doing something bigger and better. Somebody might have the best of voice. So what is that spice that puts you where you are and that person not where you are? And so I'm very quick <laughs> to direct everything to him. Well, but some will say, how do you become too crefe and entertain at the same time? Because people are also expecting you to entertain while you are making In the presence of God, there's joy. Okay. There's liberty. So you are not entertaining. Mm. You are doing the will of God. But joy, true joy, comes from God. Mm. You don't have to orchestrate it. You don't have to do all the gimmicks and... That's when it becomes gimmicky. Mm. There's a word like that. <laughs> but if it's Christ, it comes. But he also gives us certain... You can have a sanguine. I'm a sanguine. And so mm -hmm. when I'm on stage, okay. my temperament will pop in. And so you might give a joke here and there. But it's not about the ministration. No. Mm. For that particular time... It's not about you. And that is why you will meet someone who will say, when you pick up the microphone, you are a totally different person. It is not me. It is a Christ who is in me that does the work. He only uses me as a tool. And that is why if you are not careful and you begin to take the glory, he will move. Mm -hmm. And then you think he's still there. That's when you begin to do all the gimmicks. Okay. Well, I would come to the issue about um, being a wife, a mother, and also being in the limelight because mm. um, you and Angela, I'm, I'm happy both of you are on and we'll come to the men on this. I see Angela nodding a lot while she was speaking, so I'll come to her on it as well. But let me quickly pick your, your mm. thoughts on it because um, there are those who say that you are in the limelight. Mm. Your husband may not be in mm. the limelight. I, I know young ones are watching, young women are watching mm. how to be able to put it together such that you still be a mother and a wife, the submissive one that the mm. Bible talks about. Mm. How then do you still do that? I think it's very important. Does it not get into your head sometimes? I pray it doesn't. Okay. I pray it doesn't and I, because of that, I ask God, one, for the right people around me who will keep me grounded. Because if you're not careful, when you leave your house, everyone puts you on a certain pedestal. And it's very important to compartmentalize these things so that when you enter the house... Mm -hmm. And I say this, that even in my local church, when I enter my local church, I'm Diana. Mm. When I leave, I'm Diana Hamilton. They're two different things. 
because in my local church, and it's saying, hey, what show? <laughs> but when you step out, say, oh, Diana Hamilton, and minister Diana Hamilton. Same way, okay. my husband married me as Diana. And I'm always praying to God that I'll be able to know that when I'm in that house, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter. There has to be a lot of intentionality with this. And I think... It's a process for me, and that's what I'm doing, to make sure that when I enter that house, my role as the wife and the mother, I step into that, okay. and we let mm. go. Angela, how are you? I've known you uh, in the public eye. I'm, I'm not sure that um, your husband is also in that limelight like you are. How then are you supposed to still be that submissive? Does it not you know, conflict you sometimes? How do you stay submissive? It's a very, very interesting question. I'm hoping I'll do it in a very short time. You know, yes, my husband was actually in the public, uh, in the limelight, if you like. He's been a uh, district chief executive before. That's when I met him. We married. Mm. He, he became MP, member of parliament, uh, um, for a Sujaman um, constituency, NDC mm. member of parliament. The funny thing is that I come from a very MPP family and I'm married to an NDC husband and that's how I'm, I'm able to manage. It may not be EC commissioner sometime to come. But no, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. You know, all, all of all, you know, you know, that kind of management makes me even more qualified if you like, you know, because um, it's an interesting combination there. And yes, I mean, listening to Dinah speak, it's very interesting because um, by the grace of God, she's been able to handle, you know, I don't think she's that old. I struggled a bit, okay? I struggled a bit because you are in the place where you are advocating for women and you know how bad when you don't understand what it means to be a husband who is Christ-like and a wife who is Christ-like and are able to manage the tensions between the headship of the man who is trying to be like Christ to his wife, and as a woman being submissive like Christ was to the husband, it becomes difficult. And I will tell you that I didn't struggle with it. I struggled with it because I saw many submissive women, okay, doing the best they can to handle uh, their homes and their husbands, and their husband's running riot. Mm. I'm sorry, I have to say this. It's like, oh, married your daughter, you know, my wife is always there. She's a humble type. You know, I can do what I can, I please. And so I, I, I struggled with that a bit. I needed to come to a place where I had to tell God that handle me in this because I've seen so much um, right from my own background into my foreground, if you like, of women going through cycles of disrespect, abuse, um, marginalization, and so on, and a lot of it coming out of relationships. And many times they are the ones who are trying to hold it together. Mm. And many times they are the ones on their knees praying. They are the ones trying to make things work, you know, relationship-wise. Because you still hear things like, if a, a marriage will work, it depends on the, on the wife. It's not in the Bible. But we say it all the time. 
two people get married to each other. Two people work it out according to how they understand what the Bible is saying. Unfortunately, there are so many different interpretations of what the Bible is saying that it, it becomes a bit of a struggle. But in growing up, I have learned one thing. The Holy Spirit is underutilized by Christians. As long as you know and believe that you are born again, the Holy Spirit lives in you, who can be a very quiet gentleman if you like. Then you are not using your helper well. When I started to ask him, help me with this, help me know what to say, help me know how to handle this, help me in my work, help me when I'm counseling an abused woman who is so hurt that all she can see is a time when, you know, she'll be free of that kind of shackles. What am I going to say that would help that person? And I I have found that the Holy Spirit is a helper. I tell you the things that I speak to people about and I finish and I say, now, how, how did I say that? Where did that come from? And then the results that you get also okay. from this work, seeing people come out of severe forms of abuse and so on and flying again, then I begin to glorify God who has brought me this far and who has taught me along the way, Okay. Uh, I, I don't think I started off being the most submissive <laughs> woman. I, I started off fighting, if you like, okay. because of what I'd seen and what I'd heard. But I thank God that this process works. Okay. When you accept Jesus Christ, he works. He works in you. And he works so that what's on the inside begins to show on the outside. Okay. I'll stay on Zoom. Professor Aka, so uh, this is a country that uh, we have so many churches we claim that over 70% of us are Christians. Yet, uh, we see all sorts of vices. I'm sure this is a question that we we'll all take our turns on, maybe briefly. Really, what then is wrong with us as a society? Where did we go wrong? What are we not doing right? Well, uh, thank you very much. So, I think uh, what is fundamentally wrong is actually the church abandoning what Jesus asked the church to do. Uh, so if you look at the resurrection message, for example, after Jesus arose and asked that his disciples should meet him in Galilee, he asked them that they should go and make disciples of all the nations because all authority has been given unto him, mm-hmm. uh, both in heaven and earth, and they should go and baptize people they should preach the gospel to all people and they should teach them to observe all that he has commanded and behold I will be with you always that instruction of taking people first of all preaching the message of salvation to make sure that not that people just walk into church and claim to be Christians but they are actually converted truly born again uh, Christ in them the hope of glory and they are baptized in the Holy Spirit because Anyone that has not got the Spirit of Christ is none of him. So we need the Holy Spirit to be able to bear the fruit of the Spirit, which is all kindness and love and long-suffering and all the goodness. It will not come by effort. Many times, that is abandoned. Uh, The church is not aggressively pursuing the matter of the Great Commission, which is to go out there into the community, 
not just to, to be in the church, four corners of the church, okay. enjoy our present worship, sing, dance, take our offering, and then Monday to Saturday, we are in the office, we are in the market space, and we are not living Christ-like. Nobody has been taught to live like Christ. Nobody has been taught to observe the things that Jesus taught. So that is a, is a, is a total, I think, uh, neglect of the assignment. There's not much preaching of the gospel going on. People, we are not focusing to make sure that people are truly born again and converted, and then they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then we turn our messages into prosperity, into quick ways of making gain. The whole thing has become, you know, the grace of God is a turn into lasciviousness, into mm-hmm. lewdness, into, into gain and money. So people go to church and they don't really encounter Christ. They are not taught that being a Christian means that no, for the love of Christ compels you no longer to live for yourself, but to live for Christ. And okay. if you die, yeah. many Christians are not living that. And I think that lack of discipleship, genuine, consistent, deliberate, intentional, discipling people into conformity to the likeness of Jesus Christ, Christ-likeness is lost. Okay. So the majority of people who claim to be Christians, but they are not Christ, they are not salt, they are not light, and therefore we don't shine in the community. We are just like in the four corners of the church. And mm. I think that is what is. Okay. If we back to discipleship, it okay. will be the search. Okay. Well, Ms. Natasha, is it the case that we are just Christians in numbers, but not in deeds? Well, that is what we are seeing. It's the quality of what we are learning, you see. Because when you become a Christian, uh, they are, there's an assumption that, oh, then your liberty has started. Your liberty has been given to you. Now you need to walk into that liberty. So it's like you have some good money. Now, if you don't have knowledge that you have the money, the money will be stuck in the bank and will be starving. So the opening of blind eyes is a real task of the pastors. Somebody says he's a Christian, but he's so much afraid of the devil that his whole energies are being wasted on the devil. If you go to some churches, you know, the devil has been exalted above the power of the cross. And, and uh, you have pastors, because here we don't have a regime of sanctions, because it's freedom of faith and religion. That's why you have a lot of mushrooming of these uh, churches, where individuals are being given toxic information contrary to the Bible. That's my my very, very chief concern. Mm. Because if you've got a pastor, you understand, who is not Christ-centered, but is a devil chaser, then he takes the entire congregation into that realm of paranoia, and then that's what they are doing. But the concern is, you are a lawmaker. Yeah. You are a Christian. Yeah. You are out there. Most of your colleagues also claim they are Christians. We've seen the likes of certain people calling themselves pastors. They have churches and there are people in there. And nothing can be done about it? Well, it's like, how are you going to regulate, I mean, mm. the faiths? You know, because are you going to leave it to people who do not even appreciate the faith in the parliament to mm. do so? Mm. That's the whole point of the matter. Because some of these spiritual things, it's not a document per se that can give it meaning and significance. Is it matters of the spirit are difficult to codify mm. and use the law to regulate. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to say is that it beholds you who wants to be a good Christian just to be careful the kind of message you are listening to. 
and know this great God who reduced himself into a book for yourself. It's part of it. Because for me, uh, people should know the God of the Bible. And when you go to the church, you know, they give it, if you like, um, amplification. They don't poison your mind with things outside the Bible. So that you leave the church, uh, the exponent, afraid of the devil. And so we were in Times Square. Taking selfies with all the lights. I bought a shot glass. I bought a, I bought a snow globe at this little shop. You know, I collect those. Then we grabbed a slice. It smelled a bit funky outside. I heard they don't have alleys. They don't have alleys. They don't have alleys, but they certainly have people. Lots of people. When everyone's vacation sounds the same, it's time for something different. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. Everything, the kind of confusion we are seeing now, I can't see how, for example, somebody will talk about um you know, you have challenges uh, regarding your womb. That's why you are not able to give birth to a child. So we need to go to the beach. And when we get to the beach, a woman of respect and honor should strip for somebody to wash your tummy. What kind of debasing, I mean, behaviors in the name of Christ. And the woman who is in need of a child might even forget that, oh, you can believe this great book, you know, because even in this great book, we are told that a virgin gave birth to Jesus. That this great God is so powerful that no matter your circumstances and you want to get a child, you can get it. But to go and permit somebody to reduce you to such inhuman, I mean, tendencies is what the problem is. People should know Christ for themselves. And let me tell you, you can't be confused if you flirt with this book a lot. That's my, my personal view. Anybody who paid attention to this great book, and it's not a university professor like my brother here, mm-hmm. look at the fisherman called uh, uh, Peter. So it's not, excuse me, say, intellectualism. Paul was an intellectual. No dispute about it. But look at what uh, Peter also, I mean, I wrote. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. <laughs> you can't believe what you wrote. So you need to take time, even if you are not too literate. You can read the tree Bible, you can read the ever Bible, they can help you come to terms with the Bible. When people come to terms with the Bible, then all that there is that they okay. go to the church room to have their faith amplified. What they are appreciating by themselves, they go to church and a good pastor would if you like <laughs> a good sense of Christ. Because some people have a poor sense of Christ. Now, people even believe that the devil is stronger than, I mean, Christ. <laughs> okay. this is yeah. So, the yeah. Bible teaching and the Bible education is what is important, not the multiplicity of churches. Okay. Well, if you have some churches which, which are almost like shrines, then what is the point of it being a church? A church should have its foundation in the Bible, and that's the end of the matter. Okay. Well, Dana, your thoughts. I was hoping we could get into national issues, but it looks like we are almost out of time, yeah. really. Let's I, I, I found this very interesting, and when um, Professor was talking, I mm-hmm. just, it just hit me that heaven-mindedness is not the focus now. We, we are not heaven-conscious. We are not heaven-minded. I remember as a child, my mother taught us the rapture, the sequence of events, what's going to happen. 
And I remember my little sister, when she's telling anything, and you want to know she's telling the truth, you're like, Adelaide, is that true? She's like, Auntie, rapture, rapture million, thousand, a body, you know, which means this one is so true. <laughs> because she wanted to go to heaven so bad. And we knew that we don't want to miss the rapture. We're not ready for the hula-las post-rapture. So we want to go the first time. And then mm -hmm. it's carried me through life that for anything, I know that if I go now, where am I going? Mm. And so I'll sit on the plane, and before the plane takes off, I pray for safe journey. But I call my husband and tell him I love him. He's the only one I want to finish and make sure that that's the last thing he had. Mm. If that is done, I am good. That if it ends, I know that I'm going. Can we sit up one day and say, if Jesus should come now, I am cool. Mm. Or if I die now, I'll go to heaven. If anybody poses that question to you and you hesitate for a second, go back to Christ again. And I think that's what we're not doing. That's what the professor said. We are not teaching and discipling people. We are not telling people the way to heaven. We're not teaching them. You can't just profess Christ and be called a Christian. Okay. It's a way of life. And it's the preparedness for heaven. If you are prepared for heaven, you will not tell a lie. You will not put your fellow human being down to get to the top. You will not be backbiting. You will not... It's a process, but for every day, it's a continuous process, continuous washing, continuous renewing of your mind, continuously looking up to Jesus. And to be like a Christian is anybody who wants to be like Christ. He was born a man, lived on earth, sinless. And you want to be like, so it's what all he tried to do is to tell us it is doable. Is that what we're teaching ourselves now? So if you want this litmus test, you ask you, don't let anybody ask you, if, MFI, if it ends now, where am I going? Hmm. If you can say, I'm going to heaven, I'm at peace, I'm at right with everyone, by all means, that's all we need to do. Well, it's, it's almost as if you're just giving us the, the closing remarks. But um, the, the issue about, knowing the Bible, reading it for yourself amongst others. I've just seen a question about knowing the kinds of churches that we have in the society now, most of them not teaching the right thing. Can I just read my Bible and not go to church and still be Christ-like? Briefly on that. If you read your Bible, it will point you to the church. Oh. So you should not neglect the assembling. Yeah, so, so, so the Bible becomes like the foundation of behavior. Okay. So what I'm saying, I read the Bible for yourself, which means that if you can say that this is wrong teaching. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I'm trying to say. So don't be that kind of funny person that you go to a church and they are poisoning you. The reason why they can succeed in poisoning you is that if not taking time to look at what God is saying. Okay. Let me take um, the final words also uh, from uh, Professor Aka and then Angela on this. Uh, Professor Aka, so uh, we're talking about, um, I think we, we've, you've had your take on that. But uh, Angela, uh, briefly on that, and then we can wrap up with Prof also um, on some other matters, then uh, we'll call it tonight. Right, so be a Berean Christian, okay? Know the word for yourself. Okay. The Holy Spirit is the author of the word. 
Jesus is the founder of the church. If you are a Christian, you want to be Christ-like. Mm. There's nothing better than this. Mm. And you know where Christ is? He's seated above. And that's where you're headed. If you want to be like him, then live like him. Okay. Well, uh, just a minute. Um, I, I see a question on LGBTQ. Uh, since uh, Honorable is in Parliament, and um, there are those who say that you have not been too loud on that issue and that bill before Parliament. How come? Well, I, I, I think people have not understood the processes of putting together a credible bill mm-hmm. and then it going through the processes to become law. It takes some time before that thing crystallizes. But what is very good for Ghanaians to know are the sponsors of the bill I've not abandoned the bill. Okay. And that is good for you. But my, what is very dangerous is for the sponsors of the bill to be sort of, a, uh, if you like, coward into abandoning it. Then we don't have any serious bill. Mm. Insofar as they are pushing, and I know they are pushing very strong, mm. eventually we'll see how it turns out. Okay. But that is what we should try to understand. The process of parliament can be very tedious. That one, people should come to terms with that. Okay. Well, that's how uh, we wrap up uh, tonight's edition uh, of the probe. I'm told that this discussion, we should have it again and again and again. And that's it uh, uh, for tonight. Dana Hamilton has been my guest, award-winning gospel musician. I have Samuel Atacha. He's a lawyer, politician, and MP for Ibuaka South. We have Professor Charles Godfrey Dakai. He's a senior economist. Angela Jamnabwaj, also a lawyer, theologian with the ACT Foundation. Well, I've been checking with Chad GPT, and it appears that Everything you've said, that's what ChatGPT also mentioned. Praying regularly, surrounding yourself with supportive people, staying grounded in God's word, be intentional with your actions, and don't be afraid to speak up. This is AI telling me about how to be Christ-like whilst in in the eye of the public. A Walk with Jesus is up next for our radio audience. We continue Resurrection Sunday and then also up next is Prime Take here on the Joy News channel. Also on myjoyonline.com. Many thanks to the production team for putting this together, especially to you, Becky, for bringing Diana Hamilton to the studio. Many thanks to all of you for joining us. Have a good evening.